All right, hello and welcome to episode two of Palette Side Chats. I'm Dan, and uh, I'm joined today again by my co-host Alex uh, from One Two Three Fulfillment and Black Wolf Nation. We're pumped to be back here. Our streak is now at two episodes. We're excited to continue extending that onward and onward. If this is your first time joining us, I just want to encourage you to take a few minutes and check out episode one. Uh, there's a lot of good info on kind of the background and journey that led to this podcast starting. Um, we're super pumped to, to be doing this. And over the next couple of weeks and months, we're really excited to have uh, some guests on to share their experiences as well. But I just want to clarify that we're tapping in to Alex, uh, who is the co-host, as a guest for these first few episodes because he's got a ton of great experience. Um, he's, you know, like we talked about in episode one, he's built an awesome brand, which is growing fast. And he's also built an amazing high-touch 3PL facility that's growing really fast as well. And so I want to make sure that we kind of extract a lot of his learnings and share those with you today. Uh, and over the next couple of weeks as well. So in terms of today's episode, uh, we're excited to be talking about what it takes to prep a 3PL for peak season. There's tons of great content and conversations out there about what it looks like for brands to get ready for peak season, um, but not much about 3PL. So we want to touch on that today for sure. Uh, life at a 3PL during peak is kind of like doing a speed run on your favorite video game in hard mode. There's a ton of stuff going on. There's really no room for error. Uh, and I know that Alex is is navigating peak really well. And I mean, we're kind of in the thick of it right now, realistically. Um, but I'm sure he also has some lessons learned, some horror stories that uh, that might come out as we unpack things today. So sure. we're heading into peak this year with surcharges that are earlier. They're running longer. Um, you know, we're in an environment that makes hiring difficult, where uh, you know, in an economy that there's tons of uncertainty. Nobody really knows what peak's going to look like. We don't know what consumer spending habits are going to look like. And so there's a lot of things that we can't control. So today, uh, what we really want to do is focus on the things that we can control. So we're going to take a few minutes. We're going to talk about, you know, what it takes to prep your 3PL from an operation standpoint for peak, prep your team for peak, um, run a great operation, run a great team during peak. Uh, and then we're also going to save a bit of time to talk about uh, you know, managing those escalations and angry customers that are gonna they're gonna come at you. Like realistically, the odds of running a, a smooth, pain-free peak season, um, you know, for an operation that's at scale is uh, is pretty low. So that we're gonna talk about the real stuff today for sure. Sorry, Alex, I kind of rambled there, but uh, pumped that you're here. Looking forward to tapping into your experience today. Oh, you're good, Dan. Uh, I actually have a question for you. So yeah. As someone who's not in the warehouse, can you feel peak in the air like we can? It's For almost sure. like yeah, yeah. It's, it's this looming force that's hanging over the warehouse. We can feel it. Yeah. Um, no, we, but, I mean, uh, at Shapiro, we, we're feeling that for sure. It's interesting, right? Like there's a, a lot of prep um, from a product perspective, from a staffing perspective, um, you know, and it's, uh, you know, looming is the right word. Uh, I think the other thing that's interesting is we really, I don't think fully appreciate the fact that we're kind of in it now. You know, I know that the spending hasn't happened yet, the the purchases and the volumes haven't picked up yet, but uh, I feel like we're in peak. You know, so it's a oh, thing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's awesome. I think I think it'd be helpful to give kind of a rundown of what does peak mean. Everyone says peak, peak, peak. What is peak? Uh, it's the Super Bowl of logistics. Why? Because think about it this way: the entire year. The whole we're in a business of seconds, so we invest huge amounts of money to save a couple of seconds per package because the volume's so high. A second per package across ten warehouses, across hundreds of thousands of packages a week, 
makes massive financial differences. So talk about things like label printers that peel the backing off so that you save that second, having tape machines that cut the tape for you at the right size. Um, those few things, uh, we spend the whole year optimizing. But then peak happens. And essentially, the reason peak happens is holiday shopping. Uh, you know, Christmas has become a commercial holiday. Uh, everyone gives gifts. Everyone does their biggest sale of the year. Um, and uh, it started traditionally. It started on Black Friday with retail because that's when retailers would go into the black. They had all that inventory, all that square footage. They were paying for the whole year, and they just do so much sales. Uh, after Thanksgiving, ahead of the holidays, that they would uh, pass their break-even point. So that's you know Black Friday. Um, but for e-commerce, when you're talking a game of seconds, how do you handle three, four times order volume overnight for hundreds and hundreds of brands that we ship for? So it's almost an impossible challenge because you can't suddenly triple the amount of packing stations you have, add 50 tote carts to your warehouse, train and hire staff, right? If you just do that all overnight, that doesn't work. You need to train them. So then you need to hire them in advance. And now you need to make sure that you don't lose so much money up front that you never make it back during peak. Mm. And peak's exciting and terrifying for brands and 3PLs because it's an unknown. You have no idea how sure. the sales are going to go, how much volume is going to happen. So, you know, you're, 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 at, you're at your baseline all year. You're optimized. Right before peak, everyone stops shopping because they're going to wait for their deals. So now you have warehouse staff sitting around with no orders to fill because the volume's dropped in half. That's precisely at the same time when you need to hire more staff to be able to handle the, the volume that's about to happen in the following month. So... That's just an overview of the challenges that operational challenges around peak. Sure. So let's uh, so let's unpack that a bit. I think, you know, looking at uh, one of the primary differences between running like a brand versus a three PL when it comes to peak and product specifically is the fact that um, when you're prepping your brand for three PL or three, when you're prepping your brand for peak, sorry, you're kind of in the driver's seat, right? Like you can be ordering inventory. You have control over some of those leaders levers. Obviously, when you're running a three PL. You're reliant on your customers making sure that their inventory is there in time. So, how do you manage that process? What does that look like? When do you get started? How do you make sure that you're not in a situation where you actually can't support your end customers from an inventory perspective? So, it starts well before peak. You have to have really tight communication with your clients as a 3PL from day one with one, two, three fulfillment, being a brand owner we set out to really give our customers that feeling like they have an in-house operation without the frustrations of people no call, no showing. Um, so we have been talking to our brands for over a month now, even some mm. more about understanding new products launching, when their holiday shipments are arriving, really explaining to them the benefits of getting their inventory into us earlier um, from an operational perspective, you know, cause every brand has their own philosophy. Some brands that are more established, they'll order up inventory many, many months in advance. Other brands, 
that are smaller or just uh, didn't raise funding and are cash flow dependent, they have a really fast inventory turn. And if you're trying to do just in time inventory on Black Friday and you send a truckload of inventory and you already have back orders, you know, very, very tough for a 3PL without pr uh, prior coordination. So we've been, we talk and we will continue to be talking weekly to all of our brands about, mm. uh, you know, what's upcoming. Right. So I guess for context, we're recording this podcast today in the last week of October. So you're talking about comms really starting, you know, September or earlier in terms of, of having those conversations. Oh, yeah. And people who get their stuff from overseas, they had to put those orders in over the summer, beginning of the summer. Sure. So um, we really emphasize to customers, please do not have goods arriving after mid-November. Mid mid it's, it's, sure. it's just setting everything up for failure. Sure. I guess there's an interesting call out there just in terms of the maturity of the different brands that you're dealing with, right? Obviously, brands that have done peak before um, are familiar with these timelines and have experienced what it looks like to be prepared. Whereas I'm sure you have some brands that it may be their first time doing peak and need a bit of coaching in terms of preparation around this. For sure. So I guess from an inventory perspective, they, the next question I have is just in terms of managing physical space. And I know you have an interesting story about... Um, about that piece, because obviously you're running a, a warehouse all year, and you have inventory, and there's a lot more inventory when peak happens. How do you how do you plan for that? Can you plan for that? How have you handled that situation in the past where you um, have had a lot of inventory come in? I'm smiling because I've heard the answer to this, but I think it's worth sharing. <laughs> uh, I have learned the lesson the hard way. Short answer. <laughs> uh, really tough. Um, I'll give I'll give the quick story. I feel like people might enjoy it. But uh, let me set the stage. Peak season last year, not our first peak as a brand, Black Wolf, but first peak season as a 3PL. So it's not just our volume. Uh, at that time, we had right around 60 brands that we were shipping for, um, substantial brands. We were at 120% capacity when September rolled around, completely busting out of the seams. Um, we were still a new company, so we couldn't just, you know, up and leave. Uh, this was at the time when warehousing space had a vacancy rate of 1%, which is, mm. you know, virtually nowhere to move. We tried, um, zero space. So that's one thing. We're also mm. at the time where, uh, supply chain issues and congestion at the port were still delaying goods. So on a good year, there's a huge influx of inventory ahead of peak. But now, as they started to clear the backlog in LA, we were just getting an onslaught of containers. I mean, like two, three, four floor-loaded containers a day in our mm. warehouse in California that's literally 12,000 square feet. So what do we do? We tried, we, stuff started coming and coming and it just never stopped. So we ended up, uh, we tried to look for another space, couldn't find it. I ended up renting 11 40 foot shipping containers to be brought in and we started storing stuff in the parking lot. And then those filled up and then we started filling the aisles between our racking and every day the guys had to take every pallet outside to the parking lot work for the day and put it back. Hmm. But then we had so much stuff 
they were there till one, two in the morning putting stuff back every day. Hmm. And uh, it hit a breaking point. So I ended up hiring a full-time security company <laughs> to camp outside our warehouse full-time to watch uh, inventory. We had just under 300 pallets in the parking lot, not in the containers. It was unbelievable. Um, peak week rolls around just before the a couple of days before Thanksgiving. Who decides to show up? Uh, fire inspector. Surprise annual fire inspection. Mm. Great timing. Uh, he pulled in the front of the building. So he looks, he's looking at the fire extinguishers. And I'm like, geez, geez, geez. I was, I was sweating. Uh, goes into the warehouse. And uh, he's like, okay, looks fine. Goes into the back. <laughs> he's like, oh. You guys have a lot of combustible materials along the building in the back. I'm like, that's one way to call it. That's <laughs> <laughs> and uh, right as I'm talking to him, he's writing notes. Our uh, our USPS driver pulls up, and he cuts out of his van and he goes to the fire inspector and he says, "Hey, while you're here, they've also been using our USPS rolling bins for FedEx." Oh, oh no. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's the, is this really happening right now? <laughs> and uh, that's when, uh, that's when I knew Peak was here. But hmm. um, I got to commend uh, OC Fire Inspector, this guy Victor, super nice guy. He said, hey, you know what? In, in uh, Orange County, we are business friendly. You seem like a nice, smart guy who just got a little in over your head. Um you know, I'm not going to write you up. I'm not going to shut you down. When can this be cleaned up? I said, honestly, I need till after peak. Come back like December 22nd and we'll be good. Hmm. And he did. And we got it cleaned up nice. because one cool part about peak is you get so much inventory and then so much leaves at the same time. It's this massive wave of goods coming in and going out. So we got it cleaned up. Sure. I feel like that's like the, the peakest peak season story I've heard so far, the combination of uh, outside storage plus fire inspector and then the uh, USPS guy piling on was just a cherry on top. Believe it or not, there's another element to the story that oh, got even worse, but I will not. Uh, we'll save that for another, <laughs> another okay, time. We'll do, we'll do a follow-up on uh, peak season horror stories. That sounds good. That sounds it, good. En so it, ended in, it ended hey, in me crying, so people might find that interesting. <laughs> It was really bad. <laughs> oh, no, I'm really intrigued. I haven't heard this story yet, so I'm curious now no. for sure. Um, so, I mean, what is, what's that looking like for you guys this year? Are you anticipating having to use shipping containers in the parking lot again to manage physical space? Uh, or No, so we, we got ahead of it this year. We're good nice. on space. Um, and one thing that we've done this year that we did not do last year um, is um, setting the stage early for the shifts that you need to run peak year round. Mm. So anybody who ships, whether you're a brand or uh, in, a, in the 3PL business, Mondays are brutal. Every brand knows this because you have Friday afternoon and night, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday morning orders to get out in right. one day. Um, what we saw is that our uh, cost metrics for getting packages out was actually off because we were staffed up to be able to ship out on Monday. And then you know, Tuesday maybe a little more, and Wednesday, Thursday, Friday were kind of lighter and slower. 
So we switched over to be a seven day a week operation hmm. uh, in April. And we're going to maintain that forever. It's right. uh, allowed us pretty much every day of the week is almost identical for us. So we can plan staffing better. And what it did is we've found those managers and trusted employees that, you know, a Saturday, a Saturday, Sunday shift works for them or an evening shift works for them. Right. Um, so that when we get into peak, you know, we can make an announcement to our team. Hey, anyone got family members who want to earn some extra money after their mm. nine to five during peak? You know, we already have the groundwork for an evening shift and for a weekend shift. So nice. that was our plan this year is, you know, have trusted employees who know what they're doing and then infill some of the easier to train tasks into those shifts for peak so that we're not, you know, trying to spin up a weekend shift with, uh, either new hires or, or to burning out our employees by having them work consistent overtime for a month. Um, so that's, that's the main thing that we're, that we've changed this year with staffing. Right. And what does it look like to, to keep your team motivated during peak? Uh, you, you, honestly, you talked about avoiding burn. You talked about avoiding burnout and there's obviously a scheduling element to it, but I imagine that the pressures on your team, even just within the confines of the regular shift, like it's way more intense than, you know, a shift in May or whatever. Funny, but whether you have 300 orders in a queue or 5,000, uh, they seem to all get out with the same amount of staff and the same amount of time. So hmm. um, what I've come to see as we've filtered through employees and really have built a, an amazing team, they're excited for peak. They hmm. know how to turn on the tap and get those orders out. And uh, year round, we, we run a fun environment. There's music in the warehouse. We're um, family friendly, so if employees have to take care of their kids or their kids' school calls or whatever, we're um, we're very accommodating. So we've built uh, that loyalty with our team, and we've been talking about peak. We talk about peak all year round. Everybody who works for us knows what's coming. We've banned. We've put a blackout on days off and and uh, and uh, vacation time or calling out during during that month of uh, December. So right. we're ready. No. That's awesome. I, I think one thing I just want to kind of call out and reiterate that I just heard there was that, um, you know, obviously success in peak has a lot to do with the people that are are working right on the on the floor and shipping orders. Um, and it, you know, what I'm reading between the lines is that the the caliber of person that you hire and the environment you create before peak has way more to do with your success during peak than your ability to, you know, find temp labor or whatever because you don't rely as best as possible, especially during the year, you don't rely on temp labor for your warehouse, right? Your your staff are typically full time. Never, and- we've never had a, a one temp employee. Hmm. It's all right. full time, which, which is unheard of, right? In the space, yeah. for the most part, I know there's a huge reliance on temp labor, which you know is is brings its own challenges for sure. The way that we do it is we cross train. So uh, we used to be known for our kidding capabilities. Now it's uh, move to more personalization on demand, which we can talk about another time. But sure, um, a, most of the people on our prep team, which is what we call, they do a big bulk ships, assemblies, pre-kitting, FBA, um, they're cross-trained to pick and pack. So um, for kitting projects, you know, we schedule those. We have urgent projects. Then we have, uh, you know, longer lead time projects. And we'll make the schedule such that we can have those people on call to come and pick and pack orders if we're behind. And then 
uh, instead of just, you know, you know, using a temp agency for that, they just go back to our prep area. It's like a, almost a second operation run in, independently right. that we can pull from. That's great. That's awesome. And I guess, so when you're in the thick of, thick of peak from an operation standpoint, are there unique challenges? Like we've talked a lot about inventory and physical space already. Are there any other um, kind of operational challenges that are different in the peak window versus the rest of the year? Yes. Uh, carrier capacity. Always be nice to your carriers. Really try and get to know your local, uh, the local route managers because um, you might be used to uh, a truck pulling up more than half empty to do your pickup. During peak, they'll pull up full. Hmm. Say, and they'll be staring at 11 pallets of stuff and say, we can't take that. So you have to know who to call um, to make, and, and also contact them now in advance and say, hey, here's going to be our volume. Do we need, should we switch to a drop trailer? Should we do a sweep? Should we um, do a late night pull? You know, just come up with the right strategy for that. Make sure you have enough equipment. If you use DHL, make sure you're stocking up on Gaylords and pallets and uh, tape and all those things that, uh, <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't want to be in peak and run out of uh, shipping labels and be cut off. It has happened to us before. Sure. Yeah, it's a bad time for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. Uh, I mean, we talked about operations, talked about inventory, talked about managing team. Anything else that you would say is kind of part of your your peak playbook? Yeah, we got to talk about customer service. Hmm. So, with customer service, um, I see it a very specific way. You, your customers need fast answers. Your warehouse cannot always provide them those fast answers because they have a ton of priorities. During peak, they're being hit with 10,000 orders. When you're hit with 10,000 orders, the warehouse's fo focus is how fast and accurately can we ship those 10,000 orders? What the brand's customer service team and our customer service team in the warehouse focus is, why is this one order stuck in tote or this two, these two orders stuck in pre-ship? Um, or this special VIP package needs to go out because a celebrity is 100% going to post about it and it's going to blow up the brand, right? <laughs> so um, I've found when you have a structure of customer service that's client-facing that then just relays a task onto the warehouse, that really doesn't work. So what we've done this year is we have people in the warehouse on the ops team whose only job is to focus on those couple of orders or that one inventory check or that last minute receiving that comes in from customer service, completely independent of our normal operation. So you have two operations going during peak. One crew is working on getting the thousands of orders out. The other crew is making sure clients get fast answers and, and you know those, those few problem orders or those few last minute inbounds are taken care of. Um, I think that's a recipe for success for sure for sure and so how do you how do you manage those troubled totes what's the what's the process for that in your warehouse so it, de it depends um, mm. on what the problem is um, we obviously run our warehouse on Shapiro's WMS so what we'll do is um, any order that has an issue we'll use the command to send to hospital we have a cart that's empty with uh, I got little hospital flags on Amazon. <laughs> They'll put those totes in there. And then we can see on our hero board, 
how many orders are in hospital. And uh, once the cart's full, we swap it out with an empty hospital cart. And uh, one of the supervisors or the lead packers goes through the totes. Common problems are mispicks, um, bad addresses. Uh, the order has been canceled mm. after it was picked. Um, usually that, or, or yeah, usually that, or some some issue with the carrier method. Um, and then uh, sure. if it's a mispick, we'll just fix it. If there's an issue with the address or the shipping method that was chosen, um, we'll leave it in the hospital and reach out to uh, relay that to customer service to get it info from the client. Sure. Yeah. I mean, what I love about that is that you know the one of the keys to running a great operation is uh, to eliminate decision making for your pickers and your packers. Right. Um, try to make things easy so that they're executing as opposing to stopping thinking dealing with problems. So that's what makes them pick fast, right? We talked earlier about nailing your process because even just, you know, shaving seconds here and there makes a huge difference. So I love the idea that, um, you know, when problems are identified, it gets out of the workflow quickly and that you have somebody who takes care of solving that problem. Because you're right, it's a handful of exceptions that are going to cause problems, right? That's what your customers are going to ask about. Um, but it doesn't derail kind of the efficiency of all the stuff that can flow smoothly. So that's, uh, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah, because imagine you tell your warehouse manager, uh, hey, can you look at this order? And they take their eye off the ball, and now all of a sudden we're 200 orders off pace, mm. and you're getting 5,000, 10,000 new orders a day. How are you going to catch up? You're already double, triple capacity. Mm -hmm. You'll never catch up. You can't fall behind during peak. For sure, for sure. Um, so, I mean, you know, realistically, there's going to be exceptions. There's going to be challenges. Um what would you say your advice would be to a 3PL operator going through peak for the first time when it comes to, um, you know, you can't solve every problem quickly, like you said, but how do you manage customer relationships well? What are the keys to trying to keep things healthy under tension of, uh, under the tension of peak? Um, I don't know how eloquently I can say it, but you're the 3PL. You're supposed to be the logistics expert. Brands are, this is their biggest time of the year. They can make, a ton of money or be really disappointed and start to have to look at sizing down their team or be stuck with inventory and have financing issues. It's a very tense time. The, the brand's customers are going to be harassing their customer service. You have mm. to recognize that in advance. You're going to have angry customers who say their package was never delivered. They're going to tell the brand, the brand's going to tell our customer service. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. The brands hired us for a reason. It's because we are the logistics expert. Mistakes that we made last peak, I can credit to trying to appease clients, but really doing them a disservice. And, mm. you know, we take ownership of that because we didn't say, hey, you know what? That's not going to work. There's no way we can do a kitting project of 10,000 units with 30 items per kit uh, if your product's only arriving November 20th. That's just not going to mm. happen right. because we have our hundred other brands that we have to take care of and all of our prep team is working on pick and pack you know then the brand might say okay you know what let me do something else or let me uh let's just pick and pack it it might be a little more expensive or tell the brand hey i can try and bring in even more staff but it's going to be a little more expensive like just just work with your brand don't agree to stuff that you know you can't do or that will put your overall operation in jeopardy um because it's a the three PL business is really a, it's a, it can be a vicious cycle. You don't ship all the orders that you don't you miss the SLA one day, 
Now your customer service team is bombarded. They're bombarding your ops team. Now your ops team's working on getting specific orders out. Like just keep your eye on the ball, check mm. your own queue, make sure every order that should have shipped is shipped, make sure no orders are being stuck or put at the bottom of the queue for some reason and just you know, focus on getting the mass of orders out and have somebody dedicated to just focus on the couple that have issues. That's the best yeah. advice I can give. No, that's great. That's awesome. That's cool, man. Well, I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff in here today that we talked about. So I want to run it back and just make sure that uh, if we're distilling kind of our last 20 minute conversation down into actionable tips, I want to make sure I got it right. So I'm going to read them off to you, but let me know if I missed anything. Sure. Um, so I mean, here's here's what I I'm hearing that the the peak season playbook for three PLs are uh, first, you know, nail your processes early. The stuff you do between January and September in terms of making sure you're efficient and working as quickly as possible. Um, it's hugely important. You're not going to be able to work on that stuff during peak. So get it in place and get it in place early. Uh, communicate early with your brands. Make sure that um, product is available. You have the inventory up front and that they understand the importance of that. And again, people that have done peak in the past, your your brands that have been around for a while get that. But you probably have brands in your portfolio that are new to this and you got to coach them through that. Um, you know, Building a great team is another one of those things that you need to do before peak. I think we could probably do a whole episode on on what it looks like to manage teams well, because I know you've done a great job with that. So we'll, I'll write that down. That'll be something we come back to for sure. Um, and having access to a strong bench of people you can call in to help you uh, kind of get out of the hole that Pete creates. Uh, I love the tip about being nice to your carriers. Uh, we underestimate, I think, the importance of good relationships with our vendors and partners. And obviously, uh, some of those scenarios we talked about today could be pretty disastrous if you... Uh, or on unhealthy terms with, uh, with yes. the people in your carrier world. Um, and then finally, I think the other really important point is just, uh, you know, from a process perspective, separating the orders that, um, you know, can be picked, packed, shipped quickly and easily, getting them out the door. And when there's an issue, as quickly as possible, getting that out of your kind of regular pick, pack process and having dedicated people to troubleshooting those things. Because, you know, not only is that an end customer who won't be happy if their order is delayed, but those are the things that brands are going to be calling you about. And when brands are calling you to troubleshoot things, that's taking your team uh, out of the loop and and space, spending cycles with them on solving problems, uh, which means that other orders aren't going out quickly. So uh, pretty actionable stuff there. I love that. And it's uh, I think the beauty of of a 3PL business is that um, you know it's it's complex in some ways. But also, you know, there's a simplicity to it if you're able to execute. I think complexity comes out of dysfunction, um, you know, bad processes, you know, team that's not working well, issues with communication, uh, and so it, it kind of sounds like the recipe. Ultimately, the playbook is, uh, you know, lead a great team, you know, build great relationships with customers and vendors, and execute well. That's kind of the, the maybe the even shorter version of running a great peak. Is that fair? Right. My number one advice whenever anyone asks me about warehousing or starting a brand, just be a good person. It's, you know, it's everything is in the nuance. Operational excellence is achieved by really giving a shit about your customers and about getting orders out on time. If you have high standards, you will deliver no matter what. Um, and I think if I had to give a toast to peak, I would say, you know, cheers to pre-kitting, cheers to bulk shipping, and cheers to Red Bull. Because <laughs> you're going to need a lot of it. 
That's awesome. There is there's no better closing that I could put together myself. So I'm gonna pretty much stop talking now. Thank you, Alex, for your time. Thank you for your insights. Um, and thank you to all our listeners for joining in today. Um, you know, we'd love your feedback. We'd love to hear from you about topics that you'd like us to cover. So check out our content. Our contact details will be in the, sh- the show notes. So feel free to reach out to Alex or I. And we'll look forward to chatting with you soon. Have a good day.